Welcome to the uh, May 3rd edition of the Sunny MG podcast. Been a while since we last got together here. Straight up. Uh, Weddings, some trips, some ba- more baseball. Yeah. So we had some, had some good times, but time to get back to some more good times of sports. Straight up, a lot of things to freaking catch up on. A lot. Of the, uh, a lot. A lot to catch up on, and then... Obviously, from the last time we talked, you know, we already got the second round. I think we kind of brought that up last one, that by the time we, we would, do the uh, next one, yeah, we game yeah. sevens or the second round will just begin, which literally there's only a couple of teams that have played their second second games, I guess. Yeah, for the – they're just starting right now. Some yeah. teams got a bit of a head start with the way it worked out. Yeah. But, yeah, what do you think of the first round just going into it? Any, any, uh, anything that really, really shocked you other than Miami and the Bucks? because that's just too easy of a subject right now? Yeah, that one. <laughs> I think it's just the Lakers and Golden State. Just, uh, you know, everybody's been anticipating watching this game. The yeah. ratings are definitely going to be back up. And the game played out exactly the way I think a lot of people <laughs> thought it was going to be. It was going to be a lot of back and forth. Different styles, too. Different, very different styles that are playing at each other. And different styles, that, like, yeah, Lakers haven't played Golden State as much, but they did beat them that time in the uh, other play-in. So they kind of these teams do know each other's style, and LeBron James obviously knows well, these Curry guys against these guys. Those guys have all Curry, Draymond, and uh, what is Thompson it? still there. hanging around? Yeah, yeah. So you kind of know each other pretty well. Your kind of tendencies, but again, everybody knows how fucking wild uh, Golden State <laughs> can be, man. Well, it was a goal. It was a very good game by uh, Lakers. I think they did a really good job of knowing playing their strengths. And realizing that Golden State was going to be shooting a lot of threes, and but they kept him out of the paint. That's the one thing with Steph Curry. I remember whenever they play teams, is he always he's a good, great, well, one of the best three point shooters of all time, if yep. not the best, according to most people. But the way he can beat guys off the dribble and then do layups and get fouls and all these other things, even though they don't get a lot of free throws as a team. Yeah, Golden State I think was thirty second in free throws. And or 25th in free throws, and one of the top teams getting up free throws. And Lakers are opposite; they lead the league in faceoffs, and they end up uh, giving up the fewest amount of free throws. Just the way it played out. That's crazy. Yeah, that's like two polar opposites of two stats right there, man. <laughs> I know it's head to head. And then you've got you know 80 in the paint blocking these guys and having a monster game. Just like many people thought uh, he needed to have. Yeah, I think everybody was calling him out. Doesn't matter <laughs> if you're not even a fan of AD. I think everybody just kind of, that's one statement. They said that AD is going to have to step it up to win. 100%. And this guy's ears were, you know, wide open. What? Listening to everything. <laughs> critique, all the critiquing that was happening. He listened well and kept that paint. Like people were like, usually Curry's not that scared of going to the paint. No. Dream on, Clay, even Wiggins. All these guys usually aren't that scared of going to the paint. But when you see Anthony Davis and you see that length, it kind of makes you reevaluate what your decision is. Like, do I really have to go up or do I just pull up and now shoot? Well, that's going to be something they got to look at the next game if you're the Warriors. Just how do you get AD out of the paint so you can get in the paint yourself? Yeah. Right? Because Draymond's not a shooter. Looney's not a shooter. Even though Looney killed him on defensive boards again. Like, he's... <laughs> But, you know, the Warriors don't have to deal with this. Like, Sabonis is nothing. He's not going to, they're not scared of going out no. in the paint, right? No. But AD is a different animal. When he's healthy, he's, he was a defensive player of the year candidate. Even before he got hurt, he was an MVP candidate in some ballots. Yep. Right? And now all of a sudden, he's finally starting to look like the last few games, including the playoffs and the regular season, he's finally starting to look like the AD of the earlier part of the year. 100%. He's going to have to pick up the slack, if, especially with LeBron. Now you could tell. I think he's getting a lot of that wear and tear of yeah. full season under him now and the playoffs and playing fucking 
40 minutes, which I think he was, uh, he played the longest even out of anybody in Golden State and uh, the Lakers. So a guy. Oh, uh, Davis that had the only guy had more minutes, I think, than How he did. Have? I think Davis, well, Davis didn't come out in the second half either. Yeah, he didn't. He played, I believe it was 44 minutes for Davis and yeah. LeBron had 40. Yeah. LeBron's so, in there. But probably. LeBron, 40 minutes is a lot different than 80, 40, 40. But I mean, 80's had his own injury history, wow. issues too, right? But yeah. And now you got games essentially every other day. Yeah, and then you look at the opposite side where you got Curry played, you know, 37. Mm-hmm. A couple of these guys are around those ball like ball mark numbers and stuff. And I think a couple, who was it that got into foul trouble that had to kind of sit on and on? Uh, Draymond had some foul Draymond has right? a little but bit. They just, the whole team didn't shoot well. No. The, like Curry was inefficient. I think he went 10 for 24. Clay hit, took like 24 shots to make nine of them. Yeah. Right? Mostly on threes. Their threes are amazing. They weren't missing too no, many, but, but taking a lot. But they weren't getting any free throws either, the right? Because yeah. I think at one point I think there were there were being there were plus twenty on the free throws and Warriors were killing him by like plus twenty on the threes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy to think about. Somebody beating you on free throws and the other team's just taking threes and your threes aren't clicking at all. But if they did click for uh, LA, it would have been pretty much a blowout. They would have been, but at the same time, Warriors kind of made the adjustment of getting mm-hmm. in the paint and getting some more free throws yeah. to balance that out too, right? So now you've got a great first game. Oh, Vegas just scored on the power play at 3-1. And, it's, and Edmonton got the first goal in this game too. Damn. Uh, <laughs> uh, but just going back to the the war, it's a, it's such a different like style matchup between those two teams. It is. One team's a three-point, spread them out, and then you got the Lakers who push it when they can, but otherwise... They're just going to play great defense. They get to the foul line. They're slowing the game down. Yeah. And they got enough playmakers, depending on each game, because some guys always hot, some guys always cold. But yeah. they have enough guys around LeBron. And I think the ball, the X factor, I think, in this area is going to be Vanderbilt. Yeah. He was chasing yeah. Curry around. He's got some freaking, like, big-time agility <laughs> right now to get around. And he's such a weird, like, watching his body. He looks like Spider-Man, like this really lengthy guy. And especially as watching the screens that they were trying to do on this guy. And this right. guy was just like sliding right through the screens, taking the contact. Slithery. Slithery. Very slithery guy. He's slithering house from. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's something different. Well, you know, Curry's definitely Gryffindor, that's for sure. Yeah. And then it was weird that, you know, they, they didn't uh, make him the starting point guard with the ball in his hands from the start of the game. In the second half, they started giving him the ball more. Yeah. That's when they went on that freaking 11 0. 12 will run. Yep, yep. Gained a lot of points just because now you gotta you gotta guard Curry the moment he steps yep. over that line because he could shoot from there if he really wants to. Well, his friend, you know what? The Curry had a bad game, and I think for Lakers they needed the win more than the uh, Warriors did. The Warriors already made just won the title last year, right? But, so they've got a little bit more leeway. They just came back from 2-0 as well. Yep. Whereas the Lakers, I don't think we've seen the same kind of, uh, especially you know being down to the Memphis, the way Memphis is, was playing, yeah, is much different against the defending champions, right? Yeah, hell yeah. So we'll see what adjustments uh, Warriors and Lakers need to make. So I mean, if I'm the Warriors, I need to figure out a way to make a get AD out of the paint, and then b turn LeBron into a shooter. Yeah. He's shooting twenty percent from the three point line in the playoffs right now. Nasty. And even at the end of the year, at the end, sorry, end of the end of the year, end of the game, well, LeBron did the pull up three to try to win it. They're probably like, "Thank you." I saw that. <laughs> you really don't. You've not admit, it's kind of the mindset of a winner. I get it. I yeah, get why I get he shot it, it. Right? He wanted to go for the kill shot in the moment, but you're shooting twenty percent from three, dude. Like, and that's the other thing uh, for the Warriors is that. LeBron's such a smart guy too. Like, if you sag on him that much, he's going to figure out other ways 
to be able to beat you'll post you up he'll do all these other things but if you're the lakers you know you're pretty happy coming out of game one you okay. didn't you know even with the amount of threes they gave up warriors only had eight turnovers yeah and that's you know steve kerr always talks about it when these guys keep the turnovers low and they hit the threes they're gonna win games most of the time it's gonna be huge and they lost yeah hell yeah and back to lebron again on his threes it was crazy because the last five games of the season this guy had a 16 percent uh three-point shot for the last five games, and we'll include the sixth one, the first one from Memphis. Memphis, I think it was like three for seven, so just under that. Yep. But coming in, hottest buck on the three-point line, and then comes in, and once he's in the playoffs, it's kind of cooled <laughs> off the shot. It's weird because the ones he does hit are usually the big three. Right. The one that probably only matters in the game at that point, but all the other ones do matter overall sometimes being able to take that lead and be able to sit those guys yeah. and not have to fucking play 40 minutes a game. That's and now they're playing every other day too, right? Yeah. So I mean, Curry's not a young buck either, right? Oh. Like Thompson, all these guys, they they just coming off of Game Seven. They're pretty much going to be playing. Oh, Edmonton got the goal off the Good back of the goes back. Good stuff. Um, so you know, with all them in the base and dry settle with two goals. Um, so basically, with all these guys playing almost every other day, I think I think if they get to Game Seven, I think there's a day a game break in there, but otherwise they're going to be playing every sing every other day. How's LeBron going to hold up? And AD, I'm, I'm more confident in at this point because LeBron's got the foot injury and he's also 38. Yeah. Like, he's not the, like, he still makes an impact. He draws charges. He's a great passer. He can still get rebounds, but that scoring inefficiency is, you know, he would kill guys. Yeah. You put any guy on him, he'd find his weak point and he'd kill the guy. Yeah. He could shoot over him when he became a good shooter. And then he could obviously drive past, dunk on him. And right now, if you're LeBron and you're only, I think, like a 68%, you know, free throw shooter and a yeah, not 18, that. 20% uh, three point shooter, a shooter right now. So, like, what are you gonna do? If I mean, if the longer this series goes, I think the more it's gonna become one of those. Do you just leave LeBron open from the three point line? Right <laughs> up. And same with AD. AD's not a great three point shooter no, either, no. right? So, but if you can't keep him off the boards, you're gonna have to kind of somehow figure out a way to keep him out of the paint. No. I think and he's like living offense on and defense. I think he takes like one three a game. I remember looking at yeah. stat wise for betting, and it was one to two max. Two is like, well, you're kind of like surprised where he took that second one. But one, like they'll leave him wide open, and he takes the shot, and it's you know usually a miss. <laughs> so well, speaking of misses, what do you think of the uh, Nuggets and the Sun series right now? I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I, <laughs> Are you team uh, Jokic in Denver right yeah, now? I'm 100 percent Nuggets. I loved. Uh, Phoenix, where they were at before they got Kevin Durant. I liked uh, kind of, you know, Mikhail Bridges. They were a deep team. I liked it that they had a couple of guys that could, you know, fill in for now CP3 is gone. You know, instead of having to bring in... Uh, Durant? No, what's that other guy's name that's filling in for CP3 right now? He's got like oh, the... Cameron Payne? Yeah, like somebody like him. You have to bring in a Cameron Payne. And I'm not... Like, I am, a, you know, a fan of Durant. So obviously his uh, basketball skill set, but I'm not a fan of like the teams he chooses to jump on that are always, you know, the top contenders. And that's the only reason I'm kind of going on Nuggets. And I believe the Nuggets just kind of, they have that deep piece. They have those deep guys that can like push it forward. And <laughs> you don't have to always rely on the Joker. But, you know, once in a while, like this last game, they do need him. With 40 Get points. A guy like Murray's missing. Like Murray, he can only score so much too. And if your shot's off, you need somebody else to step in and, those guys around him actually backed his ass up that whole huge game. game. Well, they played great. Like they only gave up 87 points. Yeah. 
Very good to praise on both sides. There were a lot of back and forth. If, if I mean, the Nuggets only scored 96, I think, themselves, and they gave up 87 points. So just based on that alone, I mean, if you're in Denver, you got to be happy that you score under 100 points and still won by 10. And against Booker, who's been, like, averaging, like, fucking 35 plus. <laughs> the thing with the Suns right now is they rely so much on the mid-range. A lot. That Denver is like, fine, we'll give you the mid-range. We'll take threes. Threes are worth 50% more than two-pointers. Yeah. And that's what they're beating them. They're beating yep. them by shooting more threes and making more threes yep. than uh, what Suns are doing right now. Casey and now you that. got Chris Paul injured. Yeah. So you basically had Durant, <laughs> Booker. Who knows what Aiden's going to give you from game to game right yeah, now. That's 100%. And you want him shooting. If you want any yeah. guy on that team, you probably want him shooting all these shots anyways. Yeah. So, and then who do you got? Josh Okogie. You got Tyler no Ross, Cameron Payne. Like, none oh, of these I guys. I forgot about him, too. Yeah. He's been buried on the bench most of the time himself. Yeah. So, I I mean, I'm, we'll see what happens with those guys, but I'm not. They look, Denver right now looks like the number one seed. Like, yeah. her seed is playing like a first seed where, yep. you know, obviously in the East, <laughs> the East <laughs> was a totally different ball game. You know, the top teams got their asses pretty much beat up. Other than obviously Boston's ripping out Philly yeah, still Boston there, and Philly but at least that number one seed in the East Coast got uh, you know a rude awakening with the Giannis kind of half injured and stuff like that. But the Suns right now are just—it's weird. It's really weird watching well, that last game. They've only played like 16 games with Durant right now too, right? And right. the other day was their 16th game. So yeah. Denver's got so much continuity. Continuity. They've got a bunch of guys that played with all year. They didn't make a lot of changes themselves, whereas Suns went and got Durant, obviously, like you're saying. But yeah. Mikhail Bridges was doing great after the trade deadline. You're wondering where that guy could have been potentially for the Suns. But then at the same time, Chris Paul gets injured every playoffs anyways. And you know, like that's I think <laughs> Mikhail Bridges knew he was going to get more time because even last year, I remember betting a lot on Mikhail Bridges when CP3 would go down, even in the uh, playoffs, even before the playoffs. And I was basically... You know, betting on they had in McKill Bridges already so low, it'd be like 11 to 12 point plus. I'm like, how the fuck would you not bet on those? And those yeah. are hitting every single time. So I put Booker on 20 and him at like 11 <laughs> plus. I'm like, this is a hit every single time. Like, yeah, and if it isn't, that's just my bad luck that day. Of yeah, whatever. But Bridges is now putting up 20 plus. Yeah, off, right. Destroying so it. That's the. You're wondering where like Phoenix could have used him and Booker together, right? Mm -hmm. And then you've got CP3. You still would kept Cameron Johnson. You would have yeah. had some of your yeah, depth, other good right? guy too. Still, Cam Johnson so, still can blast some shots. I mean, now we, you know, we're not trying to stray too far from here, but. If you're the Suns right now, you gave up all that. Chris Paul's injured. You literally are playing, I guess if you count Aiden as your, but they're not really afraid of Aiden. No, not right. like he was in the regular season. In the regular season, he's a fucking beast. But the thing is, those kind of guys will thrive in the regular season because yeah. you can't game plan for him. That's game true. game like you can in the playoffs, yeah. right? Like he's a non-shooter. I don't think I ever see him shooting threes. He's really? got a little hook shot that he kind of goes to, but he doesn't, he takes a lot of jumpers where... Weird you know, spots. sometimes you just want to take it up, man. You're seven feet, take yep. it through the guy, get fouled, and then make your free throws. But yep. um, I think they did you watch that uh, highlight too they had on him? Kind of his reboundings, kind of, you know, taking a hit, and they showed why. And like one of them was he just starts ball watching a lot. So they had him, and he went under the hoop and was kind of on the out of bounds line. Mm -hmm. And he's just standing there watching, like, yo, chick, all these guys jumping up for the ball. It doesn't jump, and it's I three know, yes, in a row. Yes. And then he finally then he comes about it. It's already the, gone by then. <laughs> oh, we were, um, I was watching with a buddy of mine the other day, and he's just, his basketball IQ sometimes is just not there. Mm -hmm. 
he makes plays. He like he doesn't think the game to the next level to take his game to the next level. Yeah. He's got the physical tools. Oh, seven yeah. feet. He's, he's athletic. He looks like he's forty though. That's yeah. you know right. Yeah, like twenty four. Twenty four. A little older. The big beard. <laughs> he's already got like the things but, going on. I mean. Denver is just lighting them up from everywhere, so I don't see how the Suns come back. And I wonder how long. So it's gonna be a week for At sure. Least a week. Yeah, a week for sure, and then they'll uh, reassess it. Whatever. Seven-year-old with a minimum. And hamstrings are such like, like you need to give the proper amount of rest. Otherwise, you're gonna tweak it very easily. Yep. And he's so old too, right? So he's had injuries. He tweaked his hamstring now, um, and. If, you're the Nuggets. I mean, who knows? You might not even have to come back by this point. But True. Um, I think Nuggets, I don't see the Suns winning both games. I can see them pulling one off. You know, Durant or Booker have one of those nights where yep. they go off for 40 each. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I can see them doing it. Yeah. But Denver's doing a great job defending these guys. They got help yeah. on them. They got Brown on them. They got KCP on them. Gordon's taking turns. Yep. And I like one, that matchup, actually. Gordon and Durant, when they were on each other, that was a right. sick matchup. Well, and I mean, for Gordon, he obviously Durant's going to get his points. Oh, hell yeah. Booker's going to get his points. But for both of them, I think the key to them is to make them as inefficient as you possibly can. Make them work for their... Yeah. Especially, I mean, you're playing 45 minutes a game right now. Like, they're averaging a lot of time, right? That's a lot of time, man, right? Lot of <laughs> and then they barely, like, just going back to, I was going to mention this earlier, but they barely beat the Clippers without yeah. Kawhi and PG-3, right? Yeah. Or PG-13, sorry. Yeah. So, I mean, they won in six games or five five games, but the games that they they lost when Kawhi was playing. Yeah. And then the other four, and, uh, was the Clippers hung around on these guys pretty much. No, where they were in that game. one game when Westbrook scored, like, 35 no, they didn't. Oh, they lost. They lost. That was him and Powell both went in the third. But they gave him a fight every game without two of their superstars. Imagine the Nuggets or sorry, Nuggets or the Suns or somebody else with their top two. Yeah, they're gonna get smoked. Yeah, like imagine Durant is out and Booker is out on uh, Phoenix. Do you think they have enough uh, people there to do like a deeper run without your two main scorers right there? Well, I'm sure Denver's <laughs> probably happy this happened because the Clippers probably would have beat them with all their wings that they have. Yeah. The one weekend, uh, we weekend. The one weakness <laughs> with uh, Jokic is that if you're going to attack him, you need to attack him at the rim. Yeah. And he, that's where he sometimes struggles as a defender, and that's still one of his glaring weaknesses yeah. is that he's just not athletic enough to challenge you at the rim, so you need to go downhill on him. Yeah. But the way these guys are playing defense, they're sending help, they're essentially daring all these other guys to make their threes and their shots. Yeah, 100%. And guess what? They haven't made enough of them. They were 6 for 31 from the three-point line Damn. last game. Holy shit. That's they only nice. took six threes the previous game. <laughs> and they ended up 31. basically, and it took 31, but they hit six. So what is it? One for every five shots are taken right now they're just shooting basically just under below 20 they're shooting lebron from the three-point line right now again last game so if these guys can't make their threes you lost chris paul i mean what what chance do they really have that can go against denver to die i mean i can see denver has what six and one right now they only yep. lost one game yep so I mean, Nuggets are going to, I mean, sorry, Suns got to pull something out of their asses real quick. Otherwise, they're going to be taking a vacation. Chris yeah. Paul can Chris Paul already. worry about his injury in the offseason. Literally. Right now, so. And speaking of another injuries, we've got two other series going on in yeah. the East that have, you know, some uh, drama kind of unfolding of their own. we got the Heat and Knicks. You know, we had Randall gone, and then 
Knicks lose and now Butler's gone and Miami right? loses. So you're like star players. <laughs> I think are going to matter in this uh, series. Like that's where a lot of your offense is coming from. And then that offense is also what builds confidence in the rest of their team scoring and doing little things that cheer up and get everybody and going. Butler is having probably one of the best playoff performances of any guy in the last, well, and almost any guy ever, to be honest. You got 56 points the one game. Awesome. Right? I'm Absolutely. Like, he's just a beast, man. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's a, that guy in the playoff just turns it up to a level that you don't see. Yeah. That's a guy that just wants that championship that bad, and he'll do anything, you know, to get it. But, again, like, you know, you can only do so much until your body kind of wears it down, and well, this is the issue. He's always had injuries. Yeah, right? always. It's always just yeah. been his thing, unfortunately, yeah. is that he's had him in the playoffs, he has him in the regular season, but when he plays, he's dominant. Yeah. He just needs to play a little bit more and not get hurt as much. But, I mean, they, <coughs> even without him, they almost stole it, though. No. They're, I mean, they didn't have a very good game from a lot of their guys, and they still managed to pull one out. I mean, like Lowry on a shit game, but, you know, Kayla Martin, Adebayo, they did decent. Strauss did decent. Just, you know, bringing that same point up, I think, they, like, they could do that. Like, just look at kind of what happened with Philly. We'll kind of touch on, obviously, you know, Embiid uh, getting injured and Harden taking over. So, right. I just needs to be like, hey, how Westbrook and Powell kind of had to take over for those two guys, right. the Clippers. Somebody just has to step up and be like, you know, I'm him. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, him. Yeah. Like, become that guy until, you know, you get your reinforcements back in there. And then, you know, that's also going to, like, help whoever gets that, you know, future contracts. That's yeah. what you got to think about, too. If you are have an early exit now, you got to also think about your future that people saw something in you that they want to keep you. You don't want to turn into a Dylan Brooks, right? No, man. <laughs> that guy just didn't, that guy one on how to lose money. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> and how to just not play playoff uh, basketball. Please? You do not poke at a team until you're up. Even then, man, like the shit that he was saying was just ridiculous. And mm -hmm. I mean, every we always talk about, hey, like the players need to show their personality. You know, there's a difference between confidence and e like just irrational, cocky, yeah. dumbass comments. Immaturity, definitely. Right, they're definitely yeah. immature. That was the one thing yeah. with the Memphis. They're not. They have all the talent, but Dylan Brooks is like the worst of the Grizzlies when they all go on their bad streaks. Yeah. Right, so. Those guys that are going to have to figure out a way. They need, honestly, just like a lot of teams that need to figure out a way to get um, one of those wing guys, like a Nobi or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know what assets they have, right? Yeah. But they might need, they got to give up some players and they got to find a way to someone who can defend the LeBrons. Because, you know what, Dylan Brooks, they say he's, they're not going to re-sign him under any circumstance. He basically shot himself out. That was a crazy title of that uh, article. Which one? That when they wrote that, they're not going to like re-sign no him under those. Like, come on, just say that he's not going to get signed. That we, that's all you no need. <laughs> like, so they're basically, even if he comes back on a one-year veteran minimum, they're like, we're done with this guy. Yeah, like that was the weirdest way to put it. <laughs> Everybody that I talked to kind of brought that one up. Why did they go that far, whoever wrote this article? And who the fuck, ex you know, uh, passed on it? That Yeah, you know what, that's a, I think, that's a great title. <laughs> well, I mean, he's going to drop, you know, no, he's not going to do anything until a guy drops 40 on him. Well, the whole team dropped 40, 40 on his team. Uh, Right, the, and then LeBron had a twenty twenty game after making the winning shot over Brooks, yeah. and then Brooks himself just shot so bad that they brought so in Luke Kennard, and Luke Kennard gets hurt. Well, so injuries, all these other things were going back to make such a difference. And if unless you're guys like Jimmy Butler, who's got the ability to back up some of these comments, just keep your mouth shut. Yeah, just 
play your game. And you know what? Dylan Brooks, before that point, was one of those guys everybody's saying that he thinks he's like the second best player on that team yeah. right now. He, yeah, 100%. He's at best the fourth best player yeah. on that team. Yeah, they got way too much talent before him. Right, and they way need to go out and find another wing guy to replace them too. Yeah. It's not like he did jack shit for them, yeah. but... He'll definitely get picked out by somebody that needs that kind of guy. Well, maybe they would have been nice for them to have, uh, what is it, De- uh, Milton... Yeah. From the they gave him up to the 76ers yeah. and Milton's been doing pretty decent for them too yeah. this year, right? So um well, I mean speaking of uh Milton and that well actually just going back to the heat the Knicks right now too. Randall's hurt. He's yeah. he's back, but he he made a difference last game. Sears is one one right now. Both guys have their ankle injuries. Yep. So I'm curious as the do you think Butler's gonna rest next game or are they are they bringing him back in? It's hard to say right now, just because of like what we've been seeing seen around the league. If a team gets a loss, that guy that's injured usually comes back that next game. Giannis, mm-hmm. all these guys, we saw him come back, and you know sometimes it can be a good thing. Guy like Randall comes in, they win the game, but it could be like Giannis, you know, he comes yeah. back in and it, like they didn't do well with him on uh, the court, and then again, who knows if he reaggravated that injury a little bit more? But at least he has a whole off season to kind of chill and relax. Right. So. I guess you have to just lay it on the line. You don't want to go down too many games and then like have to claw your way back because those, you know, two one, three one, those are the probably the, those are, how many three ones like do teams ever really come back? Right? There's yeah. not very obviously <laughs> the famous one with the Cavs coming yeah. back and you know a few series here and there in the bubble that happened too. Yeah. But oh yeah. For the most part, you don't see three twos about as low, you know, three twos not you've seen a lot of those comebacks, but <laughs> when teams go up three one, most of the time they do keep that lead too. So I mean, but if I'm the Knicks though, or sorry, the Heat, they don't play again till Saturday. Yeah. So they have like, you know, a couple more days or three more days to get Butler some more rest. I'm sure able to get all the treatment and things like that in as well. And then they don't play after until Monday. So if you really think he's hurt, you rest him on uh, Saturday as well and then basically he's at a full week. Yeah. To recover, right? Yeah, so a lot of time. That's a lot of time for whatever injury it is. But then you have a, then you kind of have a must win if somehow they lose, right? Yeah. So you don't know, like, what do you do? If do you keep him? If he's hurt, he's not the same player. But obviously, having Butler out there is going to make a difference for the team, no matter what. But if yep. Butler can't shoot and move, and he's a liability out there, you might have to rest him and take the chances afterwards. Yeah. Hopefully, looking at the film, they kind of make the adjustments on you know what was going wrong and who's going to have to kind of step oh. it up and from where, that's probably going to be huge. Well, better, they're going to do a better job on Brunson. Yeah, that guy he is came just, back. That guy is one slimy guy himself. So he gets <laughs> everywhere. He's so the little hezies and yeah. he does and he always just waits you out and then he gets his shots. I always. like his hezzy because his hair is like kind of going the opposite way. So in your head, like you're watching his hair kind of moving one direction and then he takes off the other one. So it's kind of like... It's such a weird little move, but it's it's fucking catchy, man. People are following that ball rather than following his actual movement. Well, they're doing, they did enough last game. They had other guys, you know, step up too. So I'm curious to see how uh, team, how Spolestra and Thibodeau both uh, make yeah. some adjustments in yeah. the game. Definitely on the we talk so much about the players and kind of the, the adjustments they have to make, but it's the coaches in the the start and end that are going to be the ones that are going to take on most of the responsibilities of what adjustments need to be done because a player. He doesn't really know most of the adjustments. He's in game. He has. He's not sitting there, back. There are things that's the coach has got to coach these guys too, yeah. right? If you got the players to execute to your vision and things like that, you know, even Giannis mentioned in the last series that they failed to make some adjustments. Yeah, and obviously there was other issues and things like that happening in that series as well. But those are the kind of tactical differences that you know lead your team to pull an upset or 
win a game in six games instead of seven games, which you could pay off later potentially yeah. too, oh, right? Yeah. Especially now you're playing almost every other day. You you want to try to play the least amount of games, of course, every time. Yeah. And your coaching has to be on point when to pull the guys out, when to you know leave them in, when to call a timeout. Yeah, that's true. No, it's a lot on the coaching. And I get, I mean, Thibodeau has sort of had a, you know, he's gotten better at his adjustments and things like that too. Yeah. So I'm curious to see what adjustments they make or you know what? Because they barely beat the Knicks. I mean, barely beat the Heat without Bob. Barely. Right? And they're only going to have to make minor adjustments to really kind of keep that just the same way. You know, like keep it close. And obviously in the last fourth quarter, in those last two, three minutes is where it matters the most. Who's going to go on that little quick run and who's going to play some D. So we'll see. Lowry's got to step up. I mean, he had a pretty shit game last time too. So if he can do a little bit more, I'm sure, you know, Miami's going to have to beat him with seven, eight guys pitching him, right? So. Yeah. They don't have the luxury without Butler. They got to find a different way to do it. So, <laughs> and now we'll figure this out. So, what else do we we have? Another series here too, right? We got the last one here. The also the other one that's got a very similar situation to what's going on mm. here in the Heat Knicks, kind of playing the same style. It's one one now too. Yep. Basically, the almost the same way as uh, the Heat kind of had it. <laughs> other than the Heat had uh, Butler to play that first yep. game, whereas these guys uh, Philly just had, you know. Harden kind of showcased what he used to freaking do when he played. Well, for even Harden didn't even used to do that. You know, Harden was, did that in the regular season. Yeah. He never did that in the playoff no, when he counted. No, 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 he didn't. This previous also very different for him. That I think he had 40, last time he had 45 points was when he was with Houston, and they were playing the well, Warriors. But they were yeah. down, I think, 3 nothing in that series yeah. when he got those 45 points. So, yeah, great, you lost in five. <laughs> <laughs> but now this it's game crazy. was huge. Who knows what will happen if they end up uh, – you know, pulling off the upset or not, but they had a huge first game, made some daggers at the end. Yeah. Got them the first victory. They stole it. If you're Philly, 1-1 going back home right now because after tonight's game, it's 1-1. So, and I think we kind of saw this one coming. Like, yeah, that everybody, nobody was looking at Harden, uh, you know, scoring 45. Yeah. We were thinking it was going to be a Boston domination. So the second game, I think we kind of expected it. Obviously, Boston was going to come in pissed off. The game's at home for them. Like, they're not going to just let this one slide by. So they that one's at home, right? Was it? Yeah, it was at yeah, home. Yeah, the Boston oh. one is at home. They made, they made the adjustments that we were yeah, talking 100%, about, right? 100%. They came out and they defended. They're like, you know what? We're not going to let these guys beat us with threes. We're not going to let hung, uh, Harden get comfy. And Embiid didn't quite look like himself either. Yep. And if those two guys are not firing, no matter what the rest of the role players are doing, I don't think they're going to have – obviously they're not going to have enough to – No beat the Celtics, especially when the Celtics are firing in all cylinders. Like, they were doing – Brogdon was hitting threes. Smart had a good game. Jalen Brown had a great game tonight. Horford, Williams. I mean, they're – they got eight guys that can essentially play on a game-to-game basis where the Philly needs these top two guys because they don't have the same depth that Boston does yeah. right now. Boston has that, you know, a little bit of extra juice kind of for losing a guy or two mm-hmm. and still having enough five starting five that can still play and, like, basically take you on and keep it there to they get the win. punishing Harden and Maxi yeah. when it comes to their offense, right? Yeah. What have been picking roles and get him, what is it, and beat out of there and try to go at the rim and see if you can make a difference that way, which... Yeah. They were definitely did a better job all around. Their three-point shooting was insane yeah. today, though. Yeah. Brogdon just went up, pulled up, I think, a few times and just let it loose like he was Curry. <laughs> that's that's hard to stop. Like, what do you do when a guy just kind of pulls up and takes that shot? There's not much you can do. You're just hoping it kind of hits the net or 
hits the rim and just bounces right out. Well, at the end of the day, Phillies, you know, like I said, they're, they'll take the 1-1 no matter what. If they won the first or second game, right? And most people didn't expect to win the first one. And then they thought, especially without Embiid too. So yep. we'll see how Embiid plays too. I mean, he doesn't look like quite himself. You know, he made some good blocks. But overall, I don't think he offensively had the same game, same impact, you know, ability to get to the free throw line, all these other things that he was doing before. And he was off for, you know, he has been off for a couple of weeks, so I get that. But if he is not 100% Embiid, they're going to have some issues as well, right? So, I mean, just today, I don't, I think he only had like 15 points. Doesn't make any three. So at the same time, if Embiid is going to be down there and, clogging up the lane he's got to play like Embiid the MVP version oh. a Joel Joel Embiid not whatever version you got this game but I don't know let's see it was the hard and you know Maxi didn't have really much of a, a good game no no one really did anything to be mm-hmm. honest on that team like I don't think there was a single guy they scored 87 points which is in, in full quarters, right? and they pulled the starters after three and they didn't do jack shit you know so. that's not going to do anything against Boston because they're a team that their minimum is going to be in the hundreds if they're getting to that 100 mark no matter what. They'll grind you out. Yep. They'll get to the 100. So if you can't match that intensity, this is what's going to happen. You're yep. going to have the you know starters all having to sit on their asses while you're trying to still compete. Well, Harden didn't make a single three tonight. Damn. And that's one for six. Miss. Wow. 0 for wow. 6. 2 for 14 overall and 0 for 6. That's, that's he had his free big. throws, and that was the only thing that really made the difference because I think he had 8 of his 12 points on free throws. Damn. Made 2 out of his other uh, 14 shots. That's crazy because usually when he's like on his threes, he's hitting three to four a game, which uh, that's a lot well, of points. Well, look at last game. Three he hit three or four in I think the fourth quarter yeah. alone, right? So, <laughs> and now look at him and he ended up absolutely shitting the bed. This crazy. is more of the Harden that we, you know, we tend to see mm-hmm. in playoffs, but mm-hmm. he's going to have to come back and hopefully, you know, they got the crowd behind him. Philly's going to be jacked yeah. for oh, the yeah. game. Game three. I mean, they, again, they just have to win one to come back and, you know, it's a best of three now. I don't see. I think I can see Boston slipping up one more game just because they have a tendency this far so far in the playoffs to kind of when I mean, they have a you know they're trying to instead of putting the Hawks away they let them win that game that they do game six right at the end. No. Yep. So even without you know without uh, Doka, they're not quite the same coaching like we we're talking about earlier. He made the you know there wasn't the first choice either. Will Hardy ended up going to Utah. So Where did Yoko go now? He just got he got hired by the Rockets. But Rockets. when he after he got fired, they well they didn't realize that all that shit was going on. And the other actual backup to him, Will Hardy got hired by the Jazz, and he almost took the Jazz to the playoffs. Right? Mm-hmm. No one expected the Jazz to do as well. Hell yeah, as they did. So Missoula became the third option. Which I mean, he has another. Who knows? The series, you know, playoffs aren't over. It's only Game Three that we're coming up yep. in that series. But he's gonna have to make some adjustments too. Still, and we'll see what I mean. You know, you're going up against Doc Rivers, who doesn't make the best adjustments himself all the time either. So, we'll see what happens if the coaching can give one of the teams an edge here. True, and it's going to be a good. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Is today's all Wednesday? So the game is it on Friday? I think Friday. Friday I would say. Oh, a nice Friday night game. Yep, it should be Friday. I think. And I think the Warriors play Thursday night tomorrow, and then there's a second game on that day too on Friday. No. Might be two. I saw a bunch of one one ones, but one of oh, them Nuggets, Nuggets Nuggets game. Yeah. So that's gonna be a couple of good Friday night games. Yeah, hell yeah. We'll see what the Suns look like. I mean, next time we're having uh, this conversation, it could be a completely you know, it could be just uh 
relaxing here for a week, especially if the other series, because ball, I mean, Denver series look like it's going to go max five, six games, max. Yeah. Now, could I can see Sons winning one of the next two, but I don't see them winning more than that. No. Maybe one more, like maybe yeah, sorry, like a one more or two finish game six. But that's about it. I don't see them doing no. any more than that. Warriors and Lakers, though, I can see that one going in game seven. And double that could go deep. Right? Yeah. And then you eat out in the East, and uh, obviously the both series at 1 1, so they're going to minimum five games. Yeah. But the Knicks, depending on the health of Jimmy Butler, is probably going to go at least six games, I think, with yeah. it. I think Norris got one more win in them. Maybe it might not be in Miami, but I think they got one more win in True. And the Butler's not 100%. They might even win the series. Yep. All right, moving on. And moving on to uh, one of the most violent sports that you watch. <laughs> the NFL draft, <laughs> which was a crazy draft just with like... There was a lot talent, of big trades. Very big trades. A lot of good talent and then a lot of different positions. It wasn't just, you know, only the quarterbacks were getting the highlights. It was actually a good... Amount of different uh, players, a lot of different, uh, you know, colleges and universities that had a lot of their players uh, get picked up. Like yep. Georgia had like a crazy amount of TCU guys. was actually yeah. like third. Man. Yeah, <laughs> so there's a lot of these universities that saw like a lot of their alumni going into the NFL, which is huge for those schools and programs too. Yeah, well, it's it's a, one of the most exciting. You know, all these guys right now are looked up to. They're all going to be the saviors for the team, yeah. right? <laughs> If you look at, you know, talking about like other draft and all the, you know, the guys that got the fifth year options declined today. Yeah. Right. You know, numbered, you know, all the first pick, second, there are all these picks that, you know, get their options declined. So I think, you know, you have to kind of just take a deep breath and, you know, not go too crazy one way or another on, you know, how teams did really bad, teams did really poorly, but there were definitely some surprises oh, coming out from the draft. Yeah. Some of the guys that got drafted, where they were drafted. I think uh, just looking at the draft, uh, kind of the rankings of like who did kind of the best to worst. I think definitely the top like five teams, I would say right now, that probably did the best draft were kind of that I've kind of seen, obviously reading through so many different articles is like right. Philadelphia Eagles, probably the top right there. And they just, always seem to do well, man. They did such a good job. Those scouts did a good job grabbing almost... Half of uh, uh, one college. <laughs> just, you know, they got chemistry already coming into a place where you want to build quick chemistry. So that always definitely That's helps. That's a huge difference, too. And they got some, they needed some bodies on their defense. Yeah. I'm losing some guys in the yeah. season. And you want, like, young guys. Like, if anything, you want to fill your defense with those young guys that, you know, haven't had their bodies all beat up yet. Mm-hmm. You can make some trades and just, uh, depending on what goes on. So I think Philly... You know, uh, Indianapolis did a really, really good job this year. Anthony they, Richardson, right? Uh, did oh. you see the the ESPN article on him? They had been scouting him for two years. Holy shit! Yeah, they said they were at the, one guy compared him like Michael Vip, Michael Vick. Sorry, <laughs> said he was that dude. Holy. He broke like every record for quarterback in the combine testing. God, every single bird power he can do it all. He was probably yeah my number one pick for a quarterback. Like if I was a scout that was looking at who I was gonna go with, it was just. He had everything other than, you know, Stroud having... Uh, you're talking about Young or you're talking Richardson still? Uh, Richardson. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Richardson. And I then... think he's like... I don't, he could be a bust. He yeah. could be a franchise. I honestly, I don't know which way it's going to go, but they needed to pick a quarterback after all those years. And they did pretty well with those kind of, you know, picks that they made as well. Hell yeah. Tall, lanky guys, guys with athletic traits that Ballard likes to draft. Yeah. 
So uh, I mean, the, your your Seahawks did pretty well too. Based well, that was on the other one, stuff, right? I think uh, just before them, I would say Houston obviously did a good job just because they got that big uh, quarterback and then that trade. Stroud, they but up they gave up a lot. For, a they lot. gave up their twenty twenty four first, first round. round. Yeah, and they have a rookie, and they went what two and thirteen now, or three and thirteen, or three and fourteen. Sorry, this year. Yeah, and you know, thank you to Lovey Smith. They ended up losing the from the first pick. They ended up going to number two. Hundred percent. So. But yeah, their first round pick next year could be pretty high too. So if you're looking at Cardinals, I think did really well. Yeah. Now they came, they moved move. back. They made you know they got the one of the draft tackles that they wanted, and then on top of that, they've got their two first rounders next year. They got extra draft picks. No. Yep. Who knows what kind of, it's going to happen with Kyler Murray this year too? I don't yep. think they can obviously move on from them, but they got two picks that they can do something with next year as well. Did you hear the story about the pick that they made? So. Paris Johnson Jr., his dad got drafted by the Cardinals oh, yeah. way back in the day. And he couldn't live up to the, you know, draft ring. He didn't, he didn't do re- obviously very well with the team, yeah. got cut, bounced around. But he had some health issues and things like that. And now he told him that he wanted to be here in Arizona, which is surprising because they, I don't know if you, a couple months ago, they had uh, a ranking by all the players. They released the NFLPA and they had, you know, best conditions, all the yeah. other things. And the Cardinals ranked like the one of the bottom three, <laughs> and what the teams thought of the services they they provided. I think one of I don't know if it was them. I think they made their wives like when they had to change babies and stuff in like common changing room and stuff. They didn't have their own area. Some fucked up shit. <laughs> like it's they, the NFL was pissed that these guys yeah. too were saying that you know it wasn't vetted by them, et cetera, et cetera. But they literally gave up like Ravens ranked at the bottom too. Because apparently they don't spend enough on their players with the training facilities and all these other things. That's but, crazy. So going back to the Cardinals, yeah, they ended up getting a guy they wanted there, which is always, you know, you want to draft guys who really, really actually want to be yep. there too, right? Yep. So, but that division's going to be interesting now. You know, 49ers, Rams, Seahawks got another. I, you know what? I disagreed. I think they should have gone for a quarterback. But if you don't believe in a quarterback at that point, I honestly thought they I, they were I was reading it today, but you know they didn't want to spend a pick potentially on a guy who'd have to sit behind uh, Geno Smith for a year. But no. you're not going to get me drafting this high again, hopefully. Yeah, no time soon, right? Some crazy shit. So what are you going to do a year from now? Is Geno Smith your true answer? Is he a long term right? But especially if you're going to be trying to get in the playoffs with this team, trying to get far and just keep getting further and further away from an early pick. It's like you're kind of counterbalancing it. Like, you know now next year you're not going to end up getting a great quarterback. So are you going to ride out Geno Smith another year and then potentially try to do something in, like, a 2025 draft, which by then, like... Who knows what's going to you got a lot going on with other players, their contracts. But obviously, again, they're one of the top five teams this year for their draft picks. And I think... So I had them kind of at fourth. And then fifth yeah. was uh, uh, the Chicago Bears. Yeah, they got some team that too, like, yeah. grabs some all the pieces that they were missing. Like, and that's what I love about th- those kind of teams in the draft that aren't just you know, kind of like how LA Rams, all these teams. Sometimes you're questioning why they're grabbing some of the players that they're grabbing. Whereas you see these teams, they're actually looking for those weak spots that they have, and they're trying to fill those void voided holes first, and then they're trying to add on to whatever else they need. That's fair, but in the Rams case, they hit on all their late-round picks. They yeah, got the, the other ones, yeah. they got a title out of it, right? Yeah. So their strategy is a little bit different where they found they can get later guys. That was their... Yeah. Where they don't get high, a lot of high picks, right? But Seattle seems to have done well with their high picks. 
And Chicago seems to have done that. They got a lot of more support around uh, Justin Fields than they did at this point last year. Oh, yeah. Obviously trading back twice. First they traded back yeah. to, uh, from with Carolina. Then they traded back with uh, Philly too. Yeah. So they can move up and get Jalen Carter. So we'll see how that, you know, turns out for them at the end. But And huge that they got those tackles because, you know, that's one thing everybody complained about for Chicago is they mm. needed that offensive line, somebody to give Fields some time because yeah. we didn't get a chance to see Fields throw as much. And everybody's like, oh, he's a bad throw, he's a bad throw. But it's like, if you have no time in the pocket, what are you really supposed to do? You kind of always hear bailout move is what Wilson, Russell Wilson used to do for the Seahawks. The moment it collapsed, yeah. you run. And, and Fields can run. We'll give <laughs> yeah. him that. But if you're going to be a long-term option in this league, you got to be able to throw the ball. 100%. Too. And last year, Chicago had the worst amount, worst at allowing pressure. So they allowed pressure at 35% of the time when they came back to drop. So basically one out of three times, yeah. no matter what, Somebody's in the backfield. Yeah. And, and it's hard to make completions. Down. Exactly. Hard to make completions. Justin Fields isn't, wasn't a guy who could, you know, throw to anybody at yeah. that point. And you didn't have a number one receiver. Now they got a few options. They got more in there. Komet had a good year last year. We'll see what, uh, what's his face? The Abbasford boy does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's his, Claypool? Pool, yeah. And then you still got Darnell Mooney. So they've got some good options, especially now if I think for Darnell Mooney, he gets to move to the number two receiver or number yep. three receiver where he's better suited to. Yeah, and they grabbed uh, themselves a wide receiver. In the draft, back right? In the middle yeah, some yeah. good ones. Well, sorry, continue. I, got, I was going to make a point afterwards, too. No, I think that was it. Um, speaking yeah. of running backs, they're making a comeback. <laughs> yeah. Eighth to eighth overall for, uh, what do you call it, the Falcons, and then Lions moving back and end up getting up, uh, or, you know, I think it's Gibbs is the guy's name, after they signed Montgomery as a free agent. Yeah. They traded away Swift. They let Jamal crazy. Williams go. That was crazy, too. Right? I love that guy. Oh, that's a pass. Nice. Um, I love Jamal Williams, too, man. Well, but he wasn't a guy. He had a lot of touchdowns, but other than that, he doesn't do... He's not a guy who gets a lot of, like, uh, yards per carry. No. And Gibbs is one of the best receiving backs coming out of the backfield, too, based on yeah. the some of the stats. And I think that's what you need way more now. With this league kind of changing, you need the uh, running backs to be able to catch plays when they break down and things happen. Because you know your running back's not running freaking like 30, 40 yards out. He's not going long. He's mostly in those in routes that are going 5 to 10 yards. And if you need a bailout, those are the best guys to be able to throw to. And if they can't, if they got hands and a guy's already 5, 10, like imagine if Derrick Henry was a guy that could catch the ball more right, often. Right. Then he's 5 or 10 yards down the field. <laughs> he's unstoppable at that point. Like it's game over for the defense to try to stop him from getting right. a first down. I still think that... I personally don't believe that um, running backs should be drafted that high, no matter mm. what receiving. No, that Look high. at the teams that won this year. None of them drafted running backs that high. There's yeah. a reason. Yeah. No, they right? and, and Falcons had a, they found like a seventh round rookie or Algier. Sorry if I mispronounced his name, but yeah. he was averaging like five yards a carry almost himself, had over a thousand yards rushing. Yep. Right. And Denver, I'm not Denver, sorry. Uh, Detroit did pretty well without some of these guys. And they signed all these other guys like Montgomery too. Yep. Right, and they had Swift, and they obviously let him go. So clearly, they weren't happy with their two running backs from last year, even though they ran the ball so well. Who do you think had the worst? Well, draft? I don't know about the worst, but San Which Fran- you never know. But, yeah, I mean, really. San Francisco made some. You know, keep picking a kicker in the third round is always a little tough. That was great. Right? <laughs> I know they had like 30 million third, fourth, fifth rounders from all the trades, <laughs> and you know, compens- uh, compensatory picks yeah. that they had and stuff, but. Picking, I mean, and then you look at speaking of kickers, what's her face? Um, 
the Patriots, they drafted a couple, you know, fourth, I think, in the round, sixth round. There's, I don't know if there's, it's hard for me to say a team that, like, did poorly because so many of these guys, yeah. you don't know how they're going to turn it out, right? Yeah. So, for me to go out and say that, hey, these guys are going to be the, you know, the bad players and et cetera, et cetera, I don't think it's fair to say. But yeah, that's true. if you're looking at teams that kind of, I mean, if you're one team, I would say the Jets had some, you know, they needed a tackle early. Yeah. And I know, you know, Douglas loves his guys, you know, offensive linemen and the rushers and stuff. But losing those two spots to with the Packers trade and then the Steelers moving up a spot in front of them to get one of the offensive tackles, right? That's got to hurt the Jets a little bit, even though I think they drafted a center in the second round anyway. Yeah, but which is a good obviously, one. you know, getting a tackle is more important than a center yeah. too, right? Yeah. So we'll see. I, that's going to be the issue, I think, with uh, Jets is, are they going to have enough protection? Because, you know, Beckton's only played one game in the last two years himself. Yeah. So, and that's true. And you got a quarterback that's, you know, he's not the most mobile quarterback anymore. He's slowly kind of fading away on his, maybe his body and legs. Yeah. But a guy that you, you have to give that guy time in the back. Because the moment you give him time, he can make plays that <laughs> leaves everybody's mouth dropped. <laughs> so, another team that I, I mean, I can't say anything about it just yet, but... Denver finally got, you know, finished getting robbed by the uh, Seahawks here. But they only had five picks in the draft this year too, right? Yeah. And they obviously had a poor season. I know they signed a lot of guys in free agency. So, you know, the drafting another receiver, they already had Judy Sutton. That was Well, you know, what's going to happen with those? They moved up. They gave up a third rounder for next year to move up and get the guy too, yeah, right? Which so, is nuts. Uh, I don't – we'll see. I mean, you know, Sean Payton's in charge, but – they drafted fairly okay, yeah. you know. They draft. They could have. They, they could have. They could have had. Uh, what do you call it, Justin uh, Fields that year? But they drafted Patrick Sertan instead, mm. and he's an All-Pro, like potential quarter, um, yeah. uh, cornerback. So it's not like they. But then they got in the whole Russell Wilson situation, and now they're kind of they're in the division with Patrick Mahomes. So I really don't know what Denver is going to be like this year. Yep. Um, I like. Yeah, like, just, we'll see. We'll see what some of these guys turn into. I like some of the other, like, I like, uh, what was the pick for, what do you call it, the Seahawks. I, I can't pronounce the guy's name. It's like a hyphenated Naxon Jiba or something like that. He had his injury. Uh, like, yeah, I think he missed oh, mostly yeah, yeah, last yeah. year with, like, a hamstring Jackson injury. Smith, uh, Najiba. Uh, Najiba, I don't know if the end of Asylum, I'm sorry yeah. for any Najiba fans out there. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's a number three receiver and he's a slot guy where you've got Lockett and Metcalf on the outside. So yeah. some of these guys, and even, I think it was at Jordan Addison for the Vikings. You got Osborne as your two, you got, you know, uh, Jefferson as your one. Kirk Cousins still is decent. Yep. Hell yeah. So I think he's another guy who landed in a good spot. I mean, I'm happy for, uh, Ravens to finally picked up a receiver themselves, even though they don't know how to pick good ones. They just yeah. pick them at least, I guess. So that's accounts for something. Yeah. But a lot of these guys you don't know, like, you know, go back to the Seahawks, easy example. No one knew their fifth rounder would be one of the top cornerbacks in the entire draft. Yep. Under, right? So I would say there's a lot of teams that I think did. I don't – there's always questionable picks, but a lot of these times you don't know. And obviously, like, even the first-round picks, about half of them are going to be busts anyways. Yep. So I would – one team I'm, I'm just going to be following just because I'm curious to see what happens next year is the Texans. They made two. They made a big move to go up and get Anderson, right? He, God bless a huge, 
like yeah, he's one of the top picks, but they gave up the first rounder next year, which yeah. how the Texans do, we'll see if that makes a difference or not. But True. I mean, it was a good. I always enjoy watching the draft, hearing the backstories, all this other kind of stuff. So I'll, I am I always love to see how these stories are, fantasy purposes. You know, yeah. there's all this stuff going on as well. Yeah. So. Um, you know, speaking of other exciting things going on right now, we can talk about the NHL. I know we we're not the huge, <laughs> the biggest fans of the NHL, you know, without the Canucks and whatnot, yeah. but you know, Maple Leafs, they celebrated like they won the Stanley Cup. That's how they do it, man. They got to <laughs> remember, I think in one of our early episodes, uh, I talked about that uh, one movie with Michael Myers, where he's a guru. And yeah, 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 yeah. Leafs, yeah. So. You know, who knows, maybe that movie kind of uh, <laughs> broke that curse and might actually push them through and get them to kind of where they want to go, obviously. <laughs> I hate to say this, but uh, it reminds me a lot of, you know, the Canucks when yeah. they had the Sedins. They had, yeah. you know, first, second round failures. I mean, our failures are more in the second round, but, you know, we had some years where we didn't even make it out of the first ourselves. Everybody thought, like, when do we blow this team up? And then when Burroughs had the game seven goal against Chicago, it kind of oh, just, yeah. you know what? They got the pressure's off now. We yep. did this. We got out the first round. We beat Chicago. The monkey off our back. The right. one team that dominated us in the playoffs. Right. And now you've got the same thing with Toronto. They finally beat Tampa. Who's knocked yeah. them out, I think, the last year, the last yeah. two years. Yeah. Tampa's won two out of you know, the last three cups, made it to three finals. Yeah. And the you know, last year's champions. They're out. They're it's, out. Yeah. So you know it's gonna be a brand new championship, which <laughs> You know, in hockey, it's awesome to see that. Like, if it's not going to be the Canucks, I wanted to. I want to see somebody new win that thing. Yeah, I can't cheer for any Canadian team. Sorry for any Oilers fans. I hope you guys do well in the playoffs. Maybe make it to the finals, but I don't want a Canadian matchup. Uh, I actually that'd be my favorite matchup. No, right now. I, 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 I'd rather. I don't even know which team. I mean, Seattle's too young, and you can't get a cup before the Canucks here. So, you know what, Dallas? I'll, I'll give them to Dallas. Dallas is another. Yeah, they're playing good too. Good, good, you know, they, they're always hanging around doing well in the playoffs. I think, that, you know, they made it to the finals the year they lost to Tampa. And then out east, New Jersey, Hurricanes, right? New Jersey came back, huge game seven. Yeah. Victory over the uh, the Rangers, and then they that got spanked today. I bet people, some people must have died in those <laughs> Rangers in New Jersey, traveling back and forth uh, over that bridge. There's definitely probably a lot of violence there, man. There's a lot of, because uh, <laughs> definitely, you know, uh, seeing a team like getting that far too going to a game seven like that's a pretty big thing in those uh cities no, you got they celebrities were... out you got yeah. you just got like a lot of the fan base thinking that they're going to go to the next stage and how it happened with uh us and the canucks losing and riots happening all that yeah. kind of stuff they're making an espn documentary on that that's right? gonna be crazy uh, i wonder if we're gonna be quickly shown in uh, any of the scenes thankfully oh. we didn't do any damage anyway which is the best yeah. hopefully they give us like a good cameo right <laughs> yeah it's just us watching literally we're just <laughs> civilian that were already in downtowns, going to somebody's place in downtown, and we had to witness this on the way back. And remember us trying to actually get out of there, and we had that random I, white dude kind of lead us through the alleys, and we had to get on a sky train back, and they had the cops were shutting off every road, and he just we're just running, like running gun with this guy down alleys. Man, my <laughs> phone died that night. Same. My we're going to get a hold of each other. We I lost on, each other. I was on the phone with my mom, and in the middle, she's like, where are you? I'm watching her on the news, and we had no idea what was happening on the news because we had no access to anything at that time. And then the next, next thing you know, my phone dies in the middle of that conversation. Then I lose you, your phone dies. That was crazy. We lost <laughs> each other for like an hour, and then I think I saw like, 
I always see my cousins no matter where I am. Right. One right. of them at least and I see them and I ask them and they're like, dude, we just saw Grinder this way. <laughs> that way you're there. I was looking for you. You guys were looking for me. So I you know, just going back to this, I mean, I'm sure Toronto's super excited. I'm happy for Florida. They beat Boston, man. The yeah. greatest regular season. Yeah, of that was awesome. Time. That was awesome. I love it when Boston goes down. Oh, it, well, <laughs> it's, it's, I know. I know. I was actually hoping Boston would win and then Toronto would lose to Boston, but <laughs> losing to Florida would probably be worse if you're Toronto. Yeah, right? way worse. That's why it's better than getting in and just kick Boston out, man. We yeah. already know you guys are dominating <laughs> it. Fucking. Well, and then Ed, Edmonton, you know, they did their job and they're doing, you know, they're only down one goal right now. They got Dreisaitl and yeah. uh, McDavid, of course, like they do every year, but. The other guys have stepped up too, right? Their goaltending, they got enough goaltending. Yep. Defense came alive. They got some goals. They got their depth. Nugent Hopkins. I didn't know he had 100 points this year. Yeah, I didn't. I, didn't I was like, saw what? that too. The <laughs> uh, funniest thing was I was actually just watching like the last couple of game sevens and things like that. I've been watching some of the games. Yeah. Catching third quarters. And it was crazy to see, you know, like some of these ex Edmonton guys doing so well. Like, you know, Jordan Eberle doing well, saw him. Mm. Taylor Hall playing. I was, like, just shocked to see all these guys in these different respective teams, but, like, still being Dude, pretty wow. decent-ass players. Like, right. it's crazy. What happened to Taylor Hall? Did he do I mean, he was in Boston, but I have no idea what he did this year. Yeah, I don't know stat-wise what he did. I know Eberle had a really good season. Very, I think Larson is playing. Like, he was no. traded for, for the... No. Oh, no, he he got traded for Hall, and then he left. left. And he's on Seattle now, too, right? Yeah, and he's on another good team, too. So it's, like, crazy seeing all these ex-guys uh, from Edmonton still doing well. I honestly really. think Edmonton, if they can get enough goaltending, I yeah. I, it's, I hate to admit it, but, I mean, the chances of an all-Canadian final are pretty good right now. Yeah. Barring health and things like that, but 100%. You've got Dreisaitl and McDavid, two of the biggest uh, game-breakers. Yeah, my respect is more in that game in a heartbeat. Well, speaking of guys who could change the game in a heartbeat, but not the sport that they typically play in, uh, the match. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey versus uh, Curry and Thompson. I'm surprised there's no actual <laughs> golfer this year, like a third not, pairing or anything. just booted out the golfers. Because I think now they're thinking of trying to, in the summer, doing a few. So that more players are off in their off season, right. uh, you know, this will end to the NHL. Yeah. Even though the NHL, there's nobody really that big that'll make it in there. But N- NBA will end. Then that's a big one too. Like when uh, when is it? It's June something, yeah. right? So it's always yeah, right. in the summer. These ones. Okay, so let's take a look at June 29th here. It's wow. a good time. Very good time. And this right. is going to be awesome to see. You know, two sports <laughs> battling it out and. Two totally different people. I'm going to give the edge to Curry and Thompson, I would say, on this one. Yep. I know Mahomes is a good player because I've seen him uh, swing and take shots. He had a little match uh, somewhere I remember kind of watching. And he's a good driver. He's a good putter. Yeah. I didn't get to see much of his short game. And then on the other side, uh, Steph, man, this guy's been playing since uh, Andre Iguodala got him into the game. <laughs> Took him to Augusta to go have, like, a practice round, like, back in the day. And from then on, uh, you know, he's been addicted. Uh, Steph Curry even playing with Michael Jordan, doing an interview, which Michael Jordan rarely even these yeah. days gives out interviews. He did a live interview on, uh, on like, a golf course with uh, yeah. Steph Curry, like, sat down with them, told everybody, you know, I've played a lot of different sports and excelled at them. 
but the world's hardest sport I've ever played is golf because yeah. no matter what you do, you know, it's weather dependent. It's dependent on moods. Uh, you know, your body, is it like hurting that day? Is yeah, it not? No. Mentally, are you there or are you somewhere else thinking about something like all these little factors matter in a well, lot? I'm looking forward to seeing Clay Thompson play golf. That guy <laughs> seems like... I don't know. I have no idea what to expect from Clay. I think that's the best part. Straight I have on. no idea what the guy's gonna yeah. do. I'm, I don't. I don't personally yeah. never seen this test swing. Same. Club. I've never. Like I know Curry. I know him Paul. and Kelsey actually Kelsey, both. Right. Kelsey's actually. I've seen him look random highlights and stuff. He like. We'll see how he does. Yeah. But I have no idea what to expect out of Clay Thompson <laughs> right now. That was surprised. When I saw that, I was I thought it would be him and Iguodala. Iguodala. Right, right. I'd be like, yo, Iggy's gonna be there. It's gonna be actually a golf thing. But I guess. It maybe that's why you know we haven't seen uh, Thompson play much. Mm. Same as Kelsey, maybe here and there a little bit, but not as much. So they needed two, two and two, a skill set that's good and a skill set that's kind of more random. We don't know what's gonna happen. We'll see how much golf these guys get in. I mean, considering that Thompson and uh, Curry might be playing until around that time, anyway. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> they might have done like a few couple days before. Yeah, they might have to back out, and uh, they can get uh, who's that other guy? Uh, what they're bringing Iguodala and somebody else? The guy that played with LeBron, he went back to university and he actually joined the university's uh, golf team. Jr. Smith. Jr. Man. Jr. He's in the golf. Right? Else. He's a golf. No, I, I mean next year maybe we'll see what happens if we're doing future <laughs> Maybe bring in Michael Jordan one of these times. That'd be sick. They try Charles Barkley. Yeah, just vets only. Whereas <laughs> all these vets playing playing one another, that'd be actually pretty cool. I think Isaiah I'm, Thomas and somebody oh, else versus geez. Michael Jordan and someone else, man. You might as well book him in a wrestling. No, Isaiah the Thomas and Scotty Pippen versus <laughs> Michael Jordan and then somebody else that was kind of like a big person. This Mark Lee. Let's just don't, cause, you know, they don't talk to each other and they want to be friends. That's again. what I'm saying, though. But I mean, if you're, <laughs> I'd rather put him in a wrestling ring at that point. Yeah. Like the old WCW days with Rodman and shit and Isaac Arnold Malone with Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah. Give him some wrestlers. Both of those guys with the wrestling put him in a six man tag for WWE. I think they're doing a documentary on, uh, like, an uh, actual show documentary with actors on Rodman's uh, trip to Vegas. Like, it's just it, a trip to Vegas. Is it, like, going to be the biography? Like, is it going to be a show or something? Yeah, or so they're going to actually make a show out of it instead mm -hmm. of uh, talking to him. It's going to okay. be an actual show, and they want to show just those, fuck, what was it called? Two days in Vegas or three, a night in Vegas? How long did I know it was, like, 24 hours or 24 something. 24 hours in Vegas. I think that's yeah. what it's actually well, called. Because he let him, like he's like, yo, we need, and then Rodney wouldn't pick up his calls or anything, and he barely got And they sent, like, one of these ball boys or somebody that had to actually follow him the entire trip. That's a premise of who the hell's gonna play this ball boy that had to go there and try to bring Dennis Rodman. So, you know, back. You, yo, can you go get Dennis for us in Vegas after he's on a fucking bender? <laughs> and he's a guy that's probably double the height. Like, of, like, like who are you? Dude. Like, yeah. who are you? Like, you're even on, you're even part of the team. <laughs> he's like, sir, I'm the one that gives you a Gatorade every game. He's like, oh, that's you? I thought you were a chick. <laughs> because I think honestly, out of all the NBA players. He probably has the most interesting life. Like the most craziest shit. This guy fucking cheated on Madonna while she wanted to get impregnated by him. He was yeah. cheating on Madonna, like that big of a person. Like Madonna, a lot of people can't claim that, that they got a chance to like get it in with Madonna and cheating yeah. on her with, uh, what was that other girl man, that he had? Mm. Oh, she was hot too. Oh, Carmen Electra. Carmen Electra. That's like where that whole drama started. Madonna's like, yo, yeah. fuck you. She was saying like, fine. She still is fine. fine. Still like, fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. I don't want Dennis, but Dennis was always Dennis, too. So. Yeah. And Ric Flair was actually on uh, 
uh, Joe Rogan recently. Oh. It's probably one of my favorite podcasts that I listen Rick to. Rick Flair's probably had some fucking stories. To oh play. man, he talks about partying. He's like, be- like really good friends with Rodman too, because he's like, yo, I'm a- I was a wild boy at that time. Yeah, we still, I, don't know, I think Flair's still wild. Oh, he's still wild. And this thing, like, you could tell that this guy looks like he's ready to pop at any moment and like <laughs> literally pass out on the floor and die. But fuck, his energy is through the roof still. Still, wooing. he's still wooing. He's got the. Ric Flair drip uh, his own cannabis strain now. <laughs> yeah. So he's actually made more money in cannabis than he ever made pro wrestling. Really? He's like, the, this, he's like, this is the richest wow. I've ever been. He's like, I've been through some tough times in wrestling. Damn. But going, moving forward, we'll just finish off quickly here. All right, guys, that's all. <laughs> Peace. Oh yeah, I forgot to sit by the camera. Bye. <laughs>